Hey, Whitney, thanks so much for joining me. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Harry? I'm great. I'm great. I'm actually on vacation a little bit right now. I'm in uh, North Georgia, North Atlanta in a place called Big Canoe. So it's been like a really nice week. I'm looking out at the mountains right now. And um, yeah, it's been great. Um, where, remind me, where are you based? Where do you live these days? I live near Aiken. Aiken, Aiken South-, South Carolina? Yeah, so not probably not too far from you, honestly. No, I'm like really near the um, Tennessee Georgia border right now. <laughs> okay, yeah. and South Carolina's right there in yeah. the corner. <laughs> Are you um, originally from Aiken? No, I'm originally from North Augusta, South Carolina. So maybe like mm, thirty minutes away. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's like near. It's like on the border of South Carolina and Georgia, like okay. right next to Augusta. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Is is that right next to Augusta, Georgia? Yeah. Got yeah. it. Very cool. Um, my my mom is from uh, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Have you been to Charleston or that area much? Yeah, I've been to Charleston. Yeah, it's like very historical. My sister loves it there. Yeah. Does she live there now? No, she doesn't live there, but she likes to visit there, like for her birthday and things like that. So yeah. Totally. Yeah, totally. Um, South Carolina is nice. I haven't spent much time in Aiken. What is it kind of known for? Horses. Equestrian. Like, I honestly didn't really know that because I'm not into equestrian. But yeah, very big with equestrian. Like, it's it's a lot of money in there. Really? Um, Is it like a a dressage or um, like uh, races or what sort of horse? It's like the races is definitely there. There are certain people that I work with who own horses and they keep them in the stables there. And a lot of the clients where I work, they love horses. So I'm not really into horses. So I'm just learning about all of this. But yeah, Aiken's really big with horses. Very. I personally haven't been into horses much myself. Have you, have you ever ridden them? No. no? <laughs> okay. If you had the chance, would you or you you just not a- not interested. Okay. So when I was in school, I went to Savannah and I had never been near a horse before. So I did not realize how big they were. Okay. So <laughs> I'm downtown, like in Savannah, like on Broad Street, and I see this horse and carriage and I'm looking like, okay, this thing is humongous. And I'm just like, kind of creep me out. And then like they would go like really, really slow. Like you would, you know, because they had like a carriage they were carrying. So I'd be right behind one. I'm just like, this is trying my patience. True. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't think I will. I'm not going to say I never ride a horse, but right now, probably. I've ridden them a couple of times. And okay. I think um, I think I could get into it with the right context and training. But every time I've done it, it's been like with very little or no training. You just kind of, they put you on the horse and they just say, They'll give you some instruction like, oh, well, like, don't let your horse get in front of this other horse. But they don't tell you how to how to not let that happen. Because <laughs> there's often like a like a path hierarchy or like they have different, you know, one one wants to lead in front of the other. And if the other one tries to pass it, it they can get upset at each other. You know, I just have, I guess I have I have respect for them being very large animals and I don't know how they they think and operate. But um, um. It's it's cool that other people are into them, but it's not something that, yeah, I have much interest in either. 
Um, when you say some of your clients, is this your clients in your like fashion art business or in your day job? Day job. Yeah. Remind me, what do you do day to day? Well, right now I am working with a interior design firm. So interesting. Yeah. This is a completely different language from fashion. OBM. Really? Yes. Yes, it is. Like, Tell me more I, about that. Well, hmm. I'm still learning, but there are so many, there are so many components to like creating like a house or a home um, from like picking drapes to floor plans and what kind of floor you want, what kind of windows you want, um, what kind of drapes you want to go in your house. So many different things. So did you study that in school? No, I did not. No, how'd you get into interior design then? Okay, well, the job that I was currently at was closing and I need to find something. And I was like, you know what? This is, I was thinking, this is similar to fashion. I'm like, so hard could it be? Let me try this. So that's how Mm -hmm. I got into it because the other job I had was closing. I got it. Okay, cool, cool. And so, do you work mostly with um, clients in the Aiken area or do y'all travel some for your work? Well, mostly they come to us, um, mm-hmm. but they can be from all over. And basically, like once a project's towards the end, that's when we would do like an installation. So basically, we would go to their house and like put up artwork or put up drapes or furniture and different things like that. So, yeah. What is it fun? I mean, it's, it's all right. It's not bad. I mean, it's not fashion, but it's not bad. I'll put it that way. I mean, it's kind of like uh, you're doing, I feel like it's more similar than you're letting on. And maybe I'm naive, but you're, if you're decorating or designing the house, it's kind of like the fashion of the house, right? Put, putting on the clothes of the house. Guess what? Well, it's just, I mean, I guess because I'm really early in it, I'm not doing a lot of the design part and doing a lot of back, the, like the back end, which isn't bad, but totally, I like to create. I like to create from start to finish, like to have an idea in your head and to have it, you know, be in reality. Mm-hmm. But to me, I don't know, that's, that's the most exciting thing about fashion for me is taking an idea, watching it like be created. So um, how did you originally get interested in fashion? Well, when I was in high school, I was figuring, I was trying to think, what do I want to do with my life? And I was like, I love clothes. I've always loved clothes. I was like, I want to know how to make them. And that's literally how I got into art school. And how did, when did you first get interested in clothes? Would you remember, like, was there a moment or a certain, you know, like event that you needed something for that made you just get really obsessed or interested in the topic? No. Okay. So (laughs) when I was little, I used to like play with Barbies and I would be obsessed with changing their clothes all the time. I mean, so. I guess that's what got me into it. And then I remember that my mom would dress me up a lot. And I was always used to like being dressed up and I would have like, you know, costumes to wear and different things like that. So basically. How would she dress you up? Was it mostly like just at holidays or you mean like, you know, during the during the week, she have different outfits for you, you know, day to day? Not necessarily during the week because, you know, she worked like my parents worked. Like they were both, you know, full-time workers, but maybe like during like on a Sunday to go to church, we would like be dressed up and 
you know, or if, you know, probably when I was a lot younger, probably couldn't remember, but I know she'd tell me like sometimes she would take me to, you know, when she would go to run errands, she'd have me all dressed up to go like to the post office and things like that. So I grew up like, I guess being dressed up because a lot of my cousins, especially my guy cousins, they'd be making fun of me because I'd be all dressed up and you know, our cousins would be like, the girls would be like, yeah, they're princesses. You can't play rough with them because they're princesses because we've always like, we just always be dressed up. So I mm-hmm. guess that's really how I got into it as well. Okay, cool. You're going to see the the new Barbie movie? Yes. Yes. What do you I, think of it? Well, I mean, I feel like I, I want to see like how she interacts in the real world, but I'm mostly interested in the costumes because I saw like a little sniff and I was like, I want to make a collection based on this. I have to make a collection based on this. So I don't know when I'm going to start drawing it, but I, that's just the way it is. So yeah. I know very little about it, but like, what's the premise? Is it like she goes out of, out of like a, like a uh, toy land into the real world or something like that? I think so. I think it's something like that. Like, um, like, every like enchanted, time- but like Barbie enchanted or something. <laughs> it's like, basically like she's, it's almost like from what I've seen, it's like, she's, she wakes up and she like, She's Barbie. She wakes up in her Barbie world. Everything's always perfect. And then mm-hmm. this raggedy, like, just tired-looking Barbie gives her an option of, you know, hey, everything's not as perfect as you think. Do you want to go into the real world or not? She's like, no. And then she's like, no, I really need you to go into the real world. She goes in the real world. And I guess she figures out that everything's not as perfect. So I don't know if that just changes her for the better or not. So, but I'm excited to see it. And it's during, it's like, it comes out next month, which is, during my birthday so that's one of the things i'm going to do for my birthday i'm going to watch that movie so yeah. okay nice so when you were you know uh getting into barbies as a, as a child did you ever make like original clothes for them or try your hand at that or was it just more using the existing outfits they had um i did use the existing outfits that they had but i did remember like having like this little play sewing machine and i made like sort of like a sleeping bag for my sister's barbie uh-huh so I did that. I remember that. But Why a sleeping bag? Were you into camping or well, sleepovers? I was just trying the sewing machine out. And I guess it was just like, it was kind of like in a rectangular shape. And I was like, it was a sleeping bag, I guess. So I gave it to my sister. She liked it? Yeah, she liked it. Okay. Y'all still have it? Do you know? <laughs> probably not. Probably not. I probably should have kept it, but no. That's all right. That's all right. It was not that great, so. So that was, I mean, Barbies would have been, what, elementary school, middle school? Like, were you into art and fashion in high school as well? Well, actually, I really wasn't into art, which is strange that I got into it, but I admired how other people could draw. Like, I had friends who could draw. Like, this one friend I had, her name was Josie, and she into like art she draw and different things like that and I was just like I would just be mesmerized at her talent and I wished I could do that but I didn't think I could I just did not think I had that skill although and (laughs) it's kind of funny because when I really went into art school drawing was the furthest thing on my mind I did not connect those dots until I got there (laughs) but I mean it turned out I mean I came out with a degree so it turned out well but yeah so I wasn't really into art as a child so it's strange how i got into this stupid what were you still into fashion though in high school um or just uh take a break from it 
Well, um, was I into it in high school? Mm-hmm. Well, I was into dressing up. I was into dressing up in high school. Like, because, of course, at that time, I was able to dress for myself. And I, you know, developed my own sort of, like, style. It was very, like, how would I describe it? Because I, I feel like it was similar to everybody else's, but in some way different. I liked a lot of pops of color. Especially if I was doing, like, if I was doing maybe, like, all black, I would have a pop of, like, red or blue or different things like that. Um, And a lot of my inspirations were some of the shows that I would watch when I was that age. And I would try to mimic what they wore. But kind of, like, water it down a little bit so I would feel comfortable wearing it. So, What sort of shows? I was into things like Lizzie McGuire. even Steven, Steven, I I love Liz McGuire. So basically, I tried to sort of mimic her style a little bit, but make it more towards my own. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so so did you go to uh, art school right after uh, high school? Yeah, right after high school, I went to art school. How did you decide to apply to art school and and get on that path? Well, um, like I said, I want to know how to make clothes. So basically, that was what drove me to go to Savannah College of Art and Design was I wanted to learn how to make clothes. Like, what was like, how do you sew something like because I I had a little bit of sewing, like I was taught sewing just a little bit by my aunt, but Mm -hmm. really wanted to know how what it took to make a garment. It was only then when I learned that these are all the things they'll be teaching us when we and I went to one of the like, like the tours. And then I really got interested. I'm like, oh, you're going to teach me to draw. You're going to teach me how to make this and things like that. So that really got me excited. Even though like, nice. I'm a newbie. No, it's, uh, that's so cool. It's, um, and art school is, is four years like college as well, or is it? Yeah, it's four years. Nice. And you were in the Augusta, uh, the uh, Savannah uh, campus. Yeah. Um, it's funny. The other day, uh, th- there's a SCAD in um, Atlanta as well. Yeah, and they were having an open house, and so I just decided to walk in and check it out. I'd never been in. Yeah, um, yeah, it was really cool, and um, I think it was the first art school I've been to. But um, I was very impressed. I mean, the I got to speak to a lot of professors, uh, see the different uh, classes they offer. There's a lot more sort of degrees and tracks than I realized um, it's available. So, um, is fashion? Do they have a good? Department of Fashion in in Savannah. There are a lot of good professors there. Yeah, there are a lot of good professors. Like a lot of the professors, at least what I was going, they had either worked, they either worked in the industry and was teaching on the side, or they had spent years in the industry and came to teach. So you okay. had to have, you know, a bit of that with you, which was really nice. What was your favorite class that you took? Oh, wow. Let me see. I think my favorite class was... A- advanced fashion sketching because the professor was was very patient and then that's also where i met my best friend so okay yeah so i have fond memories of that okay nice what what was uh, your favorite was that also your favorite class in terms of the material you learned there yeah. or was there another one well it was that one because i really got to see myself improve a lot so i was you know, just to watch from where I was to how I ended up. And my professor did tell me he was like, I was the most improved out of that class. So that was really cool. So that's awesome. 
That's awesome. And what was that professor's background? Had they worked in fashion? They have an interesting background? Yeah, they did. They worked they worked as, well. I believe he did a lot of illustrations because he was an illustrator. So I think he did like a lot of fashion illustrations for like in fashion illustrators. Sometimes they they'll either do things for like print or like the web or maybe like even for a designer who probably isn't like doesn't have a strong sense of like as far as sketching. That's mm-hmm. a lot of what illustrators will do. Mm hmm. Yeah. Cool. What did you think of Savannah when you were there? Um, well, when I was there, it was huge. Um, very historical. Uh, they had a lot of like cute little shops that I basically found out towards the end of my sky career because I like I basically lived at the fashion building. And the people were pretty friendly. Oh, oh, another thing. So there are these squares, okay? You do if you're gonna go there at night, drive, okay? Drive at night. Do not walk because there is this one square where there's like, I guess the way the building was designed, there was like this hole. It it's like a man-sized hole. So I'm just I probably shouldn't think like this, but I'm just thinking like there's somebody that could be in there. Like you're walking by. And there's somebody that can be in there. They may just grab you and pull you in that hole. And I was like, no. So if you're going to go there at night, drive. Do not walk. When you say a hole, you mean like not in the ground. It's like a like an opening on the side. Someone can. In the building. There's like, and it's just. An alley or something. Well, it's not really an alley. It's like in the squares. They have like these old buildings. But there's this building. And then it's like it has like an arch like on the bottom level. Uh-huh. And you can hide in there. Okay. People can hide in there and they could probably grab you and just. Okay. And nothing like that ever happened to you or. Of course. That was... <laughs> but it's just where your mind goes. Yes. <laughs> it's just because I was driving that nose and I was like, there's a hole. That's a hole somebody could fit in. And then I was looking, that's a hole somebody can fit in. And if somebody's walking by, they can just grab them. And I was like, no. I'm like, I'm never walking over there. And you I design just... some sort of reflective yeah. light, you know, vest or something like that that's fashionable that can keep you well lit, prevent you from getting nabbed. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, had you spent much time in Savannah before you were there? I probably went maybe like once or twice for like a birthday or something like that, but I really wasn't familiar with it until I went. Yeah. Are you still in touch with some of those friends? Yes, I am. Like, I spoke to my best friend, like, the other day. So, yeah, she's doing pretty well. What does she's, she do? Well, actually, um, she's a teacher right now in Korea. What is she teaching? She's teaching English to the students. Uh-huh. So that's what she does. Does she know Korean? Well, yeah, she knows Korean. She, well, her family's from Korea. Now, she and probably her parents were born here, but I think her grandparents we're born in Korea. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I had some friends after college who did that in China. They weren't Chinese, but they, yeah. there's a lot of like uh, teaching English as a second language and they have a ton of demand of just have uh, Westerners or Americans come over. Um, that's, that would be a fun thing. Does she want to get into fashion though after that? I don't know. Um, I mean, so she tells me sometimes she does miss it, but I think she really, she has like such a sweet heart. Mm-hmm. And she loves helping people like she did even when we were in school together. So I think that's like she loves 
the teaching. I really think she, like she loves teaching. So okay, sweet. And I'm just happy for her. I mean, I miss her like crazy, but yeah, very yeah. Cool. Well, that that's that's good that she's enjoying that. I, I I'd be surprised if she does that long term. I think a lot of people do that for a year or two and then you know come back or figure out another chapter. But so I wouldn't worry too much. I bet she'll be back soon. Um, do you guys do the study fashion history? Are there any you know fashion designers in the past that you're a big fan of? Yeah, we did do fashion history and um, someone that I admire, which a lot of people wouldn't know about, um, is her name was Marie Burton. Now, mm-hmm. some people consider her maybe like one of the first fashion designers per se. I really like the 17th century. I love like Marie Antoinette. That was what I did my senior collection when I was in school. And I found out that there was a designer, well, a dressmaker that they called him at that time. And her name was Marie Burton. And she basically helped Marie, you know, basically dress the way she did when she went to court. And when people would see her in court, they, they were like very mesmerized by the way she dressed and expressed herself because it wasn't like they had like graphic tees to show their political views and how they felt about things going on in the nation. And she kind of did that with way she dressed and the way she did her hair and different things like that she brought a lot of like a lot of like a lot um like frills and things like that to the way she dressed and i just i thought it was beautiful so yeah how do you spell it um i believe it's m-a-r-i-e and then yeah. e-r-t-e-n so i believe i believe that's i have to look it up but i believe that's what it's but and to me, I feel like she was one of the very first fashion designers. So I, and I love that time period. I love all the detail. Like there's a crazy amount of detail that would go into the way they dress. And so I want to be able to incorporate some of that into my designs. So, I mean, it cool. will look exactly like that, but I mean, little things. Yes. You Elsa see that? Rose. Yeah. Marie Jean or Rose Burton. Yeah. Interesting. If I could go back in time, I would probably want to meet her. Yeah, I'd probably meet her. Just to pick her brain and see, like, where did she get her ideas? Because I think she was a milliner at first. I think she was, like, a hat. Like, she made hats before she worked with her. Interesting. Yeah, so you say that she was one of the first fashion designers. I guess, like, high fashion? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, for, like, dressing the court and things like that, yeah. I would think so. Okay. Um, do you feel like, are there certain occasions or um, areas of fashion today that are in, that still kind of, you can connect back to that time period? I'm trying to think of, I guess, yeah, like weddings or um, uh, like horse races with derbies or uh, royal events in the UK where people wear big fancy hats but are there other things i'm not aware of where people wear that style of fashion today well i mean not only weddings but also like red carpet things like for movies and things like that um like galas like the met gala and things like that like there are different places where people like do like evening wear and things like that um so and one i guess i would I don't know if you call them contemporary, but I do like a lot of the designers from the 50s as well. 
like mm-hmm. like war, like who did the new look that it kind of like a little bit of that fashion from like Mary Toinette was brought into there because of what happened. It was like after the war and everything like that. And then like modern, like to people that I like today, definitely Vera Wang, uh, Monique Lahillier, Elisab. Uh, uh, so I mean, I just, I like that like fantasy, like that kind of like takes you out of this world into a whole, like another world kind of. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I really like that. Very cool. Very cool. Um, are there any interesting like documentaries or um, pop popular, you know, media that helps people who are not into fashion, like get introduced to some of these people? Are there any good uh, like uh, resources like that? Um, definitely like Women's Wear Daily. You can also like style.com can show you. And um, let's see. Like following different designers like on Instagram can definitely like really introduce you into that world. So I would say like social media would be the one place to like to so you could see a designer, you could see what they do and what they like, what they dislike. You get like a little window into how they think in a way, especially if they show you like behind the scenes of what they're working on. Um, Brides.com also really good, you know, if you want to get into bridal. Especially like when they'll show you like sketches for upcoming seasons, which is always exciting to me. Or if they show you like little mood boards, because that gives you like a window into that designer's mind, like how they think. I feel like that's one of the things that to me is most interesting. Like, how do you think? Because it's not just, oh, you just made this dress. I mean, that's nice. But when you dig deeper and you find out, well, I got the inspiration from this or this thing in nature or this movie like really spoke to me or this song and then this image came to my head. Different things like that. Because, I mean, I was, me and my sister, we were driving down someplace or going somewhere and I saw like these trees, these branches and something that I feel like I still have a lot of things that I'm like putting in the works for like later. But we were driving and she was talking about how the trees were really nice. And I was like, the trees look dead. What are, you, what are you talking about? They look nice. And I was like, you know, there's a beauty in that. And then from there, I was just like thinking of different ways to like incorporate that in fashion. And she was just like, she was just looking at me like, okay. And she was like, so come when I talked to her, she's like, okay, I kind of see how your brain works. But I mean, whatever collection that comes out of that ride, it's really cool to know that it came from just literally observing my surroundings and that's a lot a lot of designers do they observe their surroundings and then like the wheels start turning in our brains and before you know it there's a collection show is when you see a jacket it's not just a jacket there's thought process behind that jacket because that's a lot of what my professors taught me in schools like there's a thought process behind it it's not just oh you make a really nice jacket or you make a really nice pair of pants like that's great no there's a thought process behind it so i feel like that's the part that's most interesting to me so what is the, yeah, what's the process from, you know, this initial idea all the way to finished garment? What, what are the steps in that? Okay. So first you have uh, inspiration, whatever, you know, whatever inspires you. And then what I'd like to do is I take an inspiration and then I go on Pinterest and I find like a whole bunch of pictures from Pinterest and I, I keep those in like a little folder so I can look back at them before, like in case, you know, I'm not able to print them out or something. And from there, I, you know, I compile them and I get like, I start to categorize everything be like, these pictures are like details that I like, or 
these pictures are a mood that I like, or these have colors that I like, or different things like that. And from there, after compiling everything, kind of getting sort of what I'm trying to like express, I like put them into like a mood board. And with the mood board, those are just basically a collection of images that kind of say, this is what this collection means. This is what this collection is. This is what it's about. So from there, you know, you pick fabrics um, because, you know, different fabrics are going to affect the way this garment moves, the way it lays, the way it sits, different things like that. And then I start. How do you pick fabrics? Like, um, are there are there websites that you can go on to just purchase fabric directly or do you have to have a connection locally? How do you how do you do that step? Well, I mean, for what I do is like I'll if I I like to feel the fabrics for me personally. So there are like lots of places like Mood Fabrics or Premier, different things like that you can order. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot you learn a lot of those from like fashion school. Or you can go like to your local like fabric shop, which I personally like going to one in Atlanta because they have really pretty fabrics. I kind of feel like like Charlene and Chocolate Factory when I go in there. It's just so beautiful. It has so many different things. But, but yeah, you can either you can Google places. Um, I would tell, especially like if this is like someone's first time doing this, I would say do not go into really don't do very expensive fabrics at first because you're just new to this. I would go to like a local, even if it's something like Joanne's, to learn what fabrics are. What is this? What does it do? How does it feel? So that way, like, let's just say if you mess up on something, it's not that big of a deal if you, it's like two, three dollars a yard. That's something that's 30, 40 dollars a yard. So, but yeah, going to a local like fabric shop and or like arts and crafts kind of place that has mm-hmm. fabric. And just learning the different fabrics. So, yeah. And then you go okay. first. And so mood board to fabrics to what? what's next? Um, sketching. Now, fabrics and sketching, you could interchange them. Because sometimes I may just start sketching first. Because I may know what silhouette I want. But, yeah. So, sketch out a few ideas. What's a silhouette? <laughs> yeah, for silhouette and for details and different things like that. What is a silhouette? Well, a silhouette is like the shape of a garment. Like, um, so basically like this blouse, like it has like puffy sleeves. It's kind of like a t-shirt like fabric. Um, so it's, it kind of has like, um, like it's like a puffy sleeve and then it kind of slims down. So that's kind of like a shape. Um, so once you kind of find out what shapes you want, like if you want like volume or if you want to be straight or you know what whatever style you want then you go to well for me I go to my dress form and I take fabric called muslin and it's basically like it's a cheap material very very cheap material that you can use you can mark on it so you get on a dress form, oh, let's see, because I have a dress form. I have like something on my dress form right now. But if you want to see, so I can kind of explain what I'm talking about. Whatever is easy for you. I don't want you to get sidetracked. Okay. Okay. Can you see this? 
So this is what I'm working on right now. But basically, with a dress form, you have like different things. Like, like this line here would be like a princess scene, and this is like a center front. So basically, you would take when you're that talking, face the camera, Whitney. So the, oh, okay, the, the microphone. It's okay. It's just you're a little bit uh, muddy. So just yeah, say that again, but just face the face the microphone. So this is like a center front scene. Um, this right here is, there's a line here that goes all the way down and it's a princess scene. So basically you take these lines and you create something with it. Like you create like whatever kind of shape that you want. And from there, you, uh, like when you're draping, you make a pattern and from a pattern and the pattern is fabric at first. And you're going to put that on some dotted like paper. From there, you basically you draw out the lines that you created on your fabric, but you clean it up. You make sure the lines are straight where they need to be straight. And from there, you add like maybe like an inch to a half, like a half an inch to an inch on the lines, on certain lines to be able, like, I know it's about to get a little complicated, but basically you make a pattern out of whatever you put on your dress form, you cut that out and you sew it together. Okay. And a garment happens, basically. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like you um, have some inspiration, you gather some ideas together, and then you either sketch some or you look at fabrics for more inspiration. And then once you've done that, you get the dress form out, which is it's the dress form that the bust, the the actual well, kind of this dress. Well, the dress form is like a bit longer than just the bust. It's just this is all covered with like the skirt part of this dress that I'm making. But it's it's that I, physical object that yeah. you hang the fabrics on as you design yes. the garment. Okay, the dress form, and then you basically uh, you said you make a pattern. So a pattern would be um, uh, like just one section. Of the garment? Yeah, it's like a section. It's like a piece of the garment. So like okay. if you have a top, that would, you know, like this sleeve would be a pat, like it was a pattern before it was connected to this shirt. So right. every every piece of a garment, like what you're wearing right now, like like your collar would have been a pattern. Like the sleeve would have been a pattern. Like the front part, the back part, wherever you see a seam would have been a separate pattern. And you put all those patterns together. And that makes your shirt or that makes my shirt or that makes a skirt or a pair of pants or, or things like that. Interesting. Okay, cool. So if you're making like a, you know, a, a custom shirt or a blouse, let's say, and it's, you know, you're using like two to $3 a yard fabric, like what are the total costs, just the, the hard costs involved in like a, a, a custom blouse like that? I'm just curious. Um, okay. Well, first you're paying for the fabric and then let's just say this blouse or jacket or whatever has like, you know, let's say if it has a zipper or buttons, you're paying for that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, you're also paying for the labor because set know, aside the labor, just the materials. I'm just curious. The materials. Okay. Well, it really like you're paying for the thread, the fabric. Um, like if it has any interfacing or facing to like 
stiffen the fabric like so it won't be like flimsy if it needs to have structure you're paying for that yeah buttons zippers different closure things like that so as far as materials that is what you're paying for the materials so but if i guess what i'm curious about if someone got into this as a hobby like and they had the time to make things doesn't sound like it would be too expensive of a hobby to play around with and get started with or am i mistaken well it really depends on the quality of the fabric as well because sure. if you're, I mean, like if you want something that's going to be like sustainable and last a long time, you're probably going to have to spend more on fabric. So it's going to get more expensive. Sure. But it's, um, if you were using the most affordable stuff when you were learning and starting out, it wouldn't be like a hundred dollars a shirt necessarily, or would it be around that or just ballpark? What, what are you looking at in terms of material costs? Material costs? Oh, let's just say... Like if the fabric maybe like what two dollars a yard and maybe your zipper costs like a dollar and that was it, then maybe like and you needed like two yards of fabric, what is that like four dollars for the fabric and one dollar for the zipper? So you could you could be making like original clothes for yeah, under ten bucks, like at the same cost. In theory, if you knew what you were doing, which is like obviously yeah like where all the value comes from. But it's, 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 that's just interesting to me. Um, for some reason, I thought it would be, yeah, more material costs at the low end. But again, you, like you also said it depends on the materials because if you were actually making something for a client or for a line, you wouldn't use the cheapest materials. You'd use more, you know, yeah. durable or sustainable materials. Yeah. But that's super interesting. Yeah. And of course, I mean, that's just the material. You're not paying for the labor. That's of course. But it's like if you, if you wanted to learn this, if you wanted to get into the field, like you could mess around and like really experiment and not be worried about wasting hundreds of dollars, you know, on fabric. You could you could you could get into it quite accessibly, which is cool. Um, did you play around at all and before you got into art school or was it just um, like when you got into art school, it was the first time you like picked up some shears and started like sewing and cutting and all that stuff? Well, my aunt, well, I told her that I was interested in sewing. So what she did was she took me to Joanne's. We picked out some fabric and mm -hmm. um, we picked out um, a like a pattern, like a ready-made pattern. Because I didn't know how to drape or dress, like to do it on a dress form. I didn't know how to do that yet. So yeah. it was just like these ready-made patterns. We went to the fabric store and we picked that up. We picked out some fabric and... I just was made to, like, I was able to sew something. Right. Yeah, that I, I feel like maybe my mom or sister did that too. So, like, ready-made patterns, that's, like, when they have basically the layout of the different pieces and you just can more easily, like, kind of, like, almost, like, follow the line and cut out pieces and make clothes. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> how, uh, those are those pretty popular? Like, how common are those? Yeah, those are pretty popular because not everybody... Not everybody wants to make something from scratch, you know? Uh -huh. So it's almost like either like buying a cake mix or buying. I was going to say, it's like, yeah, it's like a, a ready, ma a ready mix yeah. for cooking. <laughs> yeah, basically. So 
It's like instead of just making your own like cookie dough, you can have cookie dough already made and just put it in the oven. So that's kind of what it's like. Like you have patterns, just cut it out. So wait, go on about your business. And so what did you guys make? Was it a like a dress or a shirt or something like that? It was a dress that I made. Um, Do you ever wear it? Well, I actually like cut the dress and made it into a skirt. And I don't know where it is. I know I have uh, it, but I don't know where I put it. Um, but one thing I guess I really wish I would have known was like, at that time, I really didn't know a lot about fabrics. So when I saw the sketch, I thought it was going to look a little bit more flowy. But the yeah. fabric I had, it was a little bit more stiff. So I was like, I wish I would have known. Are there things you can do after the fact with the fabric to adjust its sort of stiffness? Or is are you just stuck with that? Well, because of the way it was cut and the way it was sewn, there's not really much I can do without like taking it apart. And uh-huh. I will probably have to get more. Fabric. You couldn't like, <laughs> like, like soak it in some sort of, I don't know liquid or uh steam it or anything like that to change the the shape no no No. it won't change it like that it because the way that it was cut and the way that it was sewn like the way you cut and sew like a certain piece it's going to already have a shape Uh i was looking more for it to be like i would need more fabric to make it the way I would have expected it to be. I wouldn't need more fabric. because So if you bought like another pattern, you could have like, of the same pattern, but like bought a double, you maybe could have used some of the extra fabric to, to play with it. Well, maybe, or basically, because this was more like a straight silhouette and I wanted it to have more like movement, I probably would have to, honestly, like probably have another pattern. Oh, guys. I would need a completely different pattern because the pattern that you have is kind of like, it's almost like what you see is what you get in a way almost. It's okay. Like the, pattern, the pattern itself does not affect the fabric. Like, well, in a way, like, let's see, how do I explain this? Like, if you, if you have something that's good, like, you can't make a square into, well, no, actually you can. It's almost like if you have a certain shape, you have to alter that shape per se you can't just be like okay i want a square i'm going to cut out a square and you're expecting to get a circle you cut out a square you're going to have a square sure making if you have enough fabric you may can alter it a little bit but if you really want a circle you need to get a pattern that's a circle basically if that totally yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the pattern's already pre-cut, so you're kind of stuck with yeah. whatever shapes, roughly, they give you, unless you do some serious cutting and editing to them. Um, are, speaking of like that, like, are digital tools used at all in fashion these days? Like, do people do any, like, mock-ups or sketching in, like, Illustrator or something like that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You can, like, you can sketch with Illustrator. You can make up, you know, a pattern or a flat sketch in illustrator you can i think you can even like do like 3d printing so you can do things on the computer have you played with that at all or did y'all learn that in school i learned cat at school yes i learned how to like make like how to sketch on like a computer or how to like do like um a flat sketch or something like that on the computer but i guess i mostly do it by hand because i kind of like that better okay yeah that's cool. Yeah, there's um, 
you know, all these, um, uh, uh, like, uh, AI tools that are popping up and stuff like that. Yeah. There's this guy I know who's made a tool that lets you like take, let's say you have some clothes that you've designed. You can take those clothes and put them on a, um, model, like a virtual model and have them be worn. Isn't that interesting? That is really cool. Like what, what website is this? I'm trying to find it to make sure I've got the right, right one. Let me see. I'll bring it up. I think this is the right one. Let's see. Here we go. Yeah. Let's see if I can share my screen. It's called um, Photo AI. And so if you made like a garment, like one of these, like a shirt or something like that, mm-hmm. or a jacket, you can have these AI models um, wear it. And then uh, I think I think they're, what they're trying to do is get, you know, Shopify stores, people that make new clothes to use them because it's a faster way to get the clothes on different people and in different settings. Um, kind of interesting. Okay, I'm going to look this up. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I'd definitely take a look. Take a look at that. Um, uh, what's the uh, like favorite garment that you have currently or clo- piece of clothes that you like? Uh, I love tool skirts. What are the, what's it called? A tool skirt, like a skirt made of tool. It kind of, it resembles like a ballet skirt. I love the uh-huh. volume of it. And, and when, when's an occasion where you'd wear that? Like a Tuesday. Because I just time, felt like, yeah. I feel like, oh, I just feel like wearing a tool skirt. So I'll just wear one. Nice. Yeah. Have you, have you ever um made a tool skirt yourself? Um, yes, I have. Like, well, I was in the process of making one. Um, not too hard, you know. Um, once, like, it depends on, like I said, it depends on the shape that you want. Uh, like, and it, it depends on, like, this, like, the overall, what you want it to look like. Like, if you want to be more, like, flounced, like, if you want it to flare out, or Mm -hmm. if you want it to just be more circular. So it really depends on the shape, but yeah, they're not too bad. Now you're you're also into wedding fashion, right? Yes. How did you get into wedding fashion in particular? Well, um, this was towards I think this was probably right out of college. Basically, I loved I loved evening wear, but there's not always. I feel like, in a way, what's really cool about bridal, at least for me, is where I am at currently. There's not really a place where people, like, just dress out, dress up, you know, just because. That's just mm-hmm. not where I am. But in bridal, that gives you kind of the excuse to, like, buy stuff in excess because, like, this is a big deal in your life. So to be able to, 
help someone with that, I feel like is is really nice. Have you worked on any weddings so far? Um, no, I haven't, but I am like, I'm hoping to get to that very, very soon, hopefully in the next couple of months. Do you have any friends getting married? I, well, I don't have any friends getting married right now, but like, I'm trying to communicate with people on Instagram and like trying to engage them. So hopefully someone will see like in like my style and look like a studio tour with me she's there are um i bet there is a big uptake uptick in people getting married after the pandemic and everything so there's probably plenty of brides or brides to be that are scouring instagram and other sites you know looking for advice and resources and things like that um you mentioned somebody to me in that in our in that form cheval is cheval a, a bridal designer as well well she used to be but something happened so she's not but she does shoes and okay i guess what i why i chose her was because i'm inspired about her resilience like even though she's not doing that now she still finds a way to be creative and i admire strength like that to not let setbacks stop you from you know doing what you feel like you were created to do so uh what what sort of setbacks did she have well she was a fashionist she was a brow designer and the company she worked with they had some issues with her especially with like social media so basically she had a lawsuit out against hers and basically she wasn't she's not able to design wedding gowns at this point in her life anymore really yeah Wow. That's really sad. But she doesn't let that stop her. That's wild. I'm I'm not a lawyer, but I don't understand how I could see how you could be prevented from um uh making clothes under a certain brand or or name, but huh. Yeah, well because see her brand her her brand was her name. It, like uh-huh. she had to change her name to Cheval. So interesting. Yeah, she had a government name that she used in fashion, and the uh, and I don't want to take sides because I mean, there's always three ties to a story. So she's not able to use her name anymore or design bridal right now because that would be in competition with, you know, the company that, you know, she had to dispute with. So. Got it. Well, that, okay, that makes more sense. So like you can have a, you can have a non-compete, you know, where you cannot work in a certain industry for a time. Yeah. Um, But I don't think you can do it indefinitely. So maybe it's just a temporary thing where she can't um, do that. But uh, so setting all that aside, um, she was a successful bridal designer for a long time. Um, For like a few years, I would say maybe like probably... 10 years maybe like she was still new but she was but she was very heavily like sought after because you know people and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily that her designs were like super you know i mean i think they were nice but i think it was the way she connected with people because it was basically i guess a lot of social proof 
and mm-hmm. a lot of mature and desire that she built with like her followers or her brides. So she have yeah. a big following. Oh yeah, she did. Still <laughs> does, but oh yeah. She did. <laughs> How did you first learn about her? Well, I first learned about her when I was just like, I don't know what I was doing. But I was just Googling, you know, about different brow designers. And I came across her story and it was like the story of this brow designer who like her dreams were like crashed or something like that. And I was like, what? So I looked into it, of course, and I found out what happened to her. Because at first mm. I didn't know much about her until I saw Because I was just, I was just Googling. And that's how I found better. Well, there's got to be, there's got to be dozens and dozens. I bet there is a handful of bridal designers like her in every major city in the U.S. So yeah. I think you could definitely break into this. It's, um, yeah, I, w- I would just think about like what getting that first client, getting that first wedding is going to be so critical. So, you know, don't, don't, um, focus on maximizing profit on that first deal. Just try to get your first win so you can kind of get a case study and get a happy client and then start getting some referrals. But um, um, are there any cool like destination wedding spots in your area like uh, like country houses or country clubs or resorts where people go to get married or anything like that? Maybe in that horse community that you you mentioned? Um, I heard the ground. Oh, oh gosh, I forgot what it's called, but I heard the grounds are really pretty there. I would mm-hmm. say maybe that would be a really like that's if you're more into like rustic. Okay. If you're more into rustic, I know there's like a place called Hope Gardens. I heard that's like a really pretty place. It was basically a lady's house that she built to the city. Okay. I heard that's very beautiful. So, but that's a that's an idea though. You know. Have you have you made any wedding dresses in full yet yourself, just for fun, as like to practice your skills? Um, well, I'm working on run right now. I'm close to finishing. I'm working on it today, but yeah, I'm working on one right now. It's gonna, but it does have color. So, but I'm working on Which one is right pretty, now. that's becoming more common, but that's not typical, right? It's not typical, but it's, it's something that people are willing to do. What yeah. do you mean? People meaning the brides well, are willing to wear it or you mean yeah, some brides the designers are willing to make it well basically both you know like somebody may be like oh wow that's really pretty i like this color like there are still the traditional but there are those who do like color so it's it's slowly but surely shifting into like people wearing different colors but there's still going to be that base that likes to wear just white or off-white right Right. Yeah, I bet that's going to be most common for for a while, I would think. Um, yeah, I, w- I would wonder, like, I bet there are some cool destination wedding spots in your area or luxury wedding spots. And they have probably good relationships with um, wedding planners, event planners, people like that. And I don't I try to, like, network with some of those folks, show them some of your designs. Um, they're not going to be the most scalable way to get business indefinitely but when you're trying to get going right at the beginning um they can they can be a really good way to get your first handful of clients does that make sense that makes sense yeah yeah um well that's exciting um what else are you working on anything else right now that's interesting or fun fashion wise what's that blue skirt behind you 
Well, I mean, this is just... It's more like a... It's like a tear skirt that I wear a lot. And it has two tone colors on it. This... Actually, this was like an accident. <laughs> but I'm rolling with it. Basically, it's going to have lots of different layers. And the bodice is going to be like more of a corset. So I'm going Interesting. to there and yeah, it's going to, it's going to have like a lot of the trends that I have seen in bridal for 2024. Um, once I complete it, but a lot of it has to do with like color corsets and sheer and flow and florals and different things like that. So I'm like incorporating all of that into one dress. That's what I'm doing at this point. Nice. So I'm excited to see how it turns out. Um, yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, what, how much time does it take to put together a garment like that typically for you right now? Well, because I work in days, it only takes me like a few hours a day to work on it. Cause I usually work on it like right after work and like, sometimes I'll just get a lot done. And sometimes I'll just do a little bit. It depends on how tired I am like today. So 10 hours or Yeah, I would say maybe like 10 hours total. Nice. Like Very cool. Night. Nice. But we'll, and then compare that to a wedding dress. How much time typically goes into a wedding dress? Um, it really depends on how detailed it is. Because some wedding dresses could take maybe like, maybe like 15, 20 hours. It can get into like 30, 40, 50, 100 hours I've heard for one dress. It, but it depends on how detailed it is. It is like, it really depends on the detail. How many brides, you know, do you know, like what percentage of brides buy uh, an original dress versus just a dress that's more uh, pre-made and then just gets altered? I feel like there are a lot of people out there who do buy from like a, like a bridal shop that's already pre-made and just need alterations because like, it's, for some people, it's a lot easier. It's a lot more convenient. Mm -hmm. Like, there are things that when I hear brides talk, like, oh, I wish I had this, or I wish this could be changed, and different things like that. And, you know, basically at that point, certain things, like, with alterations, certain things can be changed. But depending on timing, certain things is just, like, it's just the dress came like that. You can alter a little bit of it, but... There are those who do seek to have something ready, like made, like to fit them. There is a market for that, but you also have to be careful with, you know, is it going to be done on time? Is it going to look the way they need to? Is this person near them so that they can like go and try on? Because there have been people who've had horror stories and they'll be like, this is what they sent the person. And then this is what they gave them back. And it's just like. Not the same. Not the same. So you, you got to really find, you got to really do your homework and find somebody that, you know, you can see that their work, like you see that what the person, like people go on reviews, but you have to make sure that, I guess my advice would be like to someone who wants something custom made is not only to look them up, but see if there's a way that you can meet with this person. Or see if this person can fly out to, if they're not in your area, see if you can like 
drive by or they can drive to, you know, wherever you are. Because I right. often think, you know, like, try it on. Try it on at its beginning stages. So if there's anything you do not like, it can be fixed in a timely manner than just to be like, here, ship it to you and just hope it fits. Like, I personally would rather someone, like, meet with them if I can and measure them, making sure that all the measurements are right. Instead of them being like, oh, I sent you in these measurements and it's not right. Because they're going to right. me. Right, right. Yeah, because you, they may not have correct measurements or uh, yeah. uh, their measures might have changed or things like that. And then you yeah. you get kind of the blame, even though the measurements might be wrong. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Um, are the, is the process of making a wedding dress very similar to the process we talked about earlier about making a garment going from inspiration to mood board to sketch and fabric or is it is it different when you have a, a client in mind who also is going to be involved in the creative process um it's a bit the same and a bit different um, like if you're sitting with a client you're trying to see what they like what they don't like you're listening to like what they feel comfortable in their body in, what they want to show what they want to hide different things like that so it gives you a bit of creative freedom, but you also realize that this is not you just making something for fun necessarily because it's something that someone's going to wear. It's got to be functional. Like, if you're just making something for fun, it doesn't necessarily have to be functional. But when you're making, like, a bridal garment, you need to see, like, is this something they're wearing to the, you know, to the actual ceremony or is it something that they're going to wear afterwards? How are they going to move in this? If, you know, how are they going to eat in this? You know, making sure they can, like, how are they going to sit down? How are they going to stand up? how they're going to move, like all those are really important because like for the most part, women usually buy like one dress that they're going to wear to basically their ceremony and then their reception. And you're in this dress for like several hours. And it's not just you being at the ceremony. You're also taking pictures. You're greeting everybody. You're eating. You need to be able to be comfortable in this. And that can be a bit of a challenge, especially like within pe- certain, you know, budgets, you know, trying to make something that is functional, but still comfortable to wear throughout the entire night. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, the, but I, that's why I guess a lot of times they have two different dresses, right? They switch into one that's more casual later in the evening. Yeah. Usually, and would they like, would they have? And ha- have you? You're you're focused more on the dress for the ceremony. Is that fair, or are you interested in doing both types of dresses? I'm interested in doing both, like whatever the client needs. But I'm interested in doing both. Cool, cool. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share? Anything else on your mind? Not really. Cool. Well, Whitney, thanks so much for chatting for a bit. It's been fun to learn more about um, you and your background and the the wedding stuff you're doing. So, anyone out there is listening, they're getting married, they're looking to work with somebody, uh, hit Whitney up and she'd be happy to help you. Um, where can people find you if they want to learn more online? Um, it's uh, Instagram is at Whitney S. Wedding. So yeah, you can follow me. Witty S. Wedding. Nice. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much.
Bye, everybody. Thanks.